to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, it's great to have you joining me today. I am so excited to get into all of the politics of our world and focusing on our country as well and seeing what's happening because let me tell you, there's a lot. So without further ado, let's get into things. Earlier this week, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced that he was calling on House Republicans to open an impeachment inquiry into Democrat President Joe Biden. According to ABC, an impeachment inquiry simply means that there will be an investigation. The investigation is usually spearheaded by the House Judiciary Committee, in which hearings and testimony can be heard. After that, articles of impeachment can be drafted and the process begins. Remember, in order to completely impeach a president, the Senate must hold a trial and convict the president. As McCarthy outlined the reasons for the inquiry, he focused on the entire Biden family. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is taking aim at McCarthy for moving to an impeachment inquiry without a full House vote, which, according to NBC, he said he would do prior to opening this inquiry. Now, McCarthy cited that he used the precedent set by Pelosi. She, however, did not agree with that, saying this on Morning Joe. I say that that's hogwash. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't know why the press keeps repeating it. The fact is, we said we were going to, I assigned my uh, speak, uh, committee chairs, six of them, uh, to develop the, the facts. Because you have to act upon the facts. That's a strange thing to say, maybe around here, but you have to act upon the facts. We had a couple of weeks of doing that, a few weeks of doing that, and three or four weeks, we then prepared to bring the, the bill to the floor. They've had eight months of investigation, come up with nothing, and now they're trying to say, well, we're not going to have a vote because uh, Nancy didn't have a vote the first day. No, we had a vote. We were in preparation for a vote. Just years prior, though, a video has resurfaced, though, from this whole thing about Nancy Pelosi, thanks to RNC research, and Pelosi did say this prior. As the distinguished chairman said, uh, there's no requirement that we have a vote, and so we, at this time we will not be having a vote, and I'm very pleased with the thoughtfulness of our caucus in terms of being supportive of the path uh, that we are on in terms of fairness, in terms of seeking the truth, in terms of upholding the Constitution of the United States. Contrary to Pelosi's argument, McCarthy described why this inquiry is a necessity. The American people deserve to know that the public offices are not for sale and that the federal government is not being used to cover up the actions of a politically associated family. Now, I would encourage the president and his team to fully cooperate with this investigation in the interests of transparency. We are committed to getting the answers for the American public. Nothing more, nothing less. We will go wherever the evidence takes us. Now, I, I think this is a really fascinating thing to look at, is that President Trump was impeached and tried on that whole thing twice. Now, Biden, this is the first time that we're going to see this, but it, it makes you wonder really what we're doing in our country. And I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot has been really, what are we doing? Are we making this all political? Is this something that is just going to be a thing now where every president goes through an impeachment? 
Because if that's the case, that's ridiculous because we shouldn't be using it as a political weapon. We should be very serious when conducting an impeachment inquiry and in the impeachment process. This is not a joking matter. I don't care what side you're from. I'm not taking sides on that. This is an American issue. This is a issue that focuses on our president. I don't care who you support for president. We need to make sure we are giving our support to the president and saying, yeah, that's our president. This is not a joking matter. I don't care if you agree with the president or not. This is important. But I will say this. In this case, I do think that we need to look into this. Joe Biden is corrupt. He's been in politics for far too long. There's a lot of deep-seated corruption with his family, specifically Hunter Biden. And we need to look into that and how the president was involved in all of this, what he knew, all of this. There needs to be investigation. And frankly, this is long overdue. This should have happened a while ago because this is all concerning. I think what we see is, you know, the House Republicans trying to hold the Bidens and specifically President Biden accountable. That's what we need in office, too, is accountability. So when there is valid reason for an impeachment inquiry, we must look into it and we must allow there to be these investigations. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when there's an impeachment inquiry, but we need to make sure that this doesn't become a norm. This can't become a norm. It cannot because what? Why can it not? Because it would hurt and divide our country even more then we already are divided. We can see what impeachments have done in the past, how divided. Look what happened when Trump was impeached. There was a lot of division. And there already is division in our country. But we do not need to keep sparking more and more. But as I said, this is an important one that we need to look at because the Biden family needs to be investigated. As I said, Biden's been in politics for years, and there definitely is some corruption with Hunter that we need to look at. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And also... Nancy Pelosi's hypocrisy is laughable. She says this on the morning show, and then, but then she, what she did a few years prior, and they didn't hold a vote for her a little bit. Like, come on, Nancy, you you know better. You know better. We all know that. You're just saying this because it's a few years later, and like he can't do that. It's our party. So that's another thing too. Is that this is a party game. This is each side doing for their party. And I think at the end of the day, we need to remember this isn't about a party. This is about America. This is about Americans, most importantly. We need to remember that. Our politicians need to remember that. They work for us. They work for us. We must go back to those days where they know they work for us. And they need to be held responsible. There are elections and there are consequences. Okay? That's what we need to go back to. But I think as time goes on, I think we'll see how this impeachment plays out. And I'm really, really interested to see how this affects polling for Biden. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does. We'll see how that goes. And really what Americans start to feel about this. Because I think we'll start seeing more and more polls of how Americans are feeling. And I'm not saying polls are the best indicator of anything. But I think that they're important to look at and consider in different situations, especially like this one. On Monday, Congress found out that the Biden administration issued a blanket waiver that would allow for Iran to transfer $6 billion of frozen funds from South Korea to Qatar without the concern of U.S. sanctions. On top of this, the deal would free five Iranian citizens and five U.S. citizens being detained in the other's country. 
According to Fox News, taxpayer funds are not being used in this deal. And according to a spokesperson for the Iranian mission to the United Nations and Fox News reporting this, the list of people that they would like to have freed, so this is Iran, include a person who was charged with no regist- not registering as an Iranian foreign agent while lobbying U.S. officials, primarily lobbying issues such as nuclear issues and other things. Another person has a 63-month sentence because the person had materials that could have been helpful in creating missiles. Another was charged in connection to illegally sending out lab equipment to Iran. Another was stealing engineering plans and delivering them to Iran. And the last sentence to 30 months in prison because he purchased, and I quote from Fox, sophisticated top-tier U.S. electronic equipment and software, which was through the United Arab Emirates companies. Now... August 10 was when the plans for the deal first came to light, according to Rutgers, and the whole plan could take place sometime early this week. We're, we're not sure exactly, but there have been talk of early this week. Now, I really want to talk about this. This is a foreign policy thing, and I think it's a really, really, really important one because we have seen what Iran has done. I'm going to talk to you now about a Rutgers article from February of this year. It said, Iran could make the amount of fizzle needed for a bomb in just 12 days. Now, this was reported by Rutgers, but was made as a comment by a U.S. Defense Department official. And if you look at the people that they want freed, look at them. They've taken information, engineering plans. They have the lab equipment sent there. They have all of this. Why would we do that? Now, I, I, I do. I will say this. I am very happy that we will get five Americans home. That is Wonderful. We need to make sure we get our Americans home and safe because that should be our priority as a country is bringing these people back home so they can live out life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and they can live in a free country. But what I will say is this. The way we're handling this with the Biden administration, I don't completely agree with. I think we need to look at this too is where Iran is. Do we really want Iran to continue to build a bomb and have the ability to just go on the march with these things? I don't really think so. I think there should be some concern there when we are hearing these things. I think that we need to look at who they want, as I said, really what those people did, and be like, yeah, this may be a little bit concerning, not a little bit, a lot of bit concerning that we're doing this. And we've already seen Biden's failed foreign policy. Look what happened in Afghanistan. Look at that botched withdrawal. That was ridiculous and made us look like a laughingstock to the rest of the world. Biden didn't lead us. He hasn't led us, especially in foreign policy. He is making America less of a safe place and he's making this world less safe because he isn't leading properly. He's not leading properly. He hasn't led properly for the last several decades of his political career. And we need to remember that going into 2024, but we also need to remember we need a strong leader, not just a strong leader domestically, but internationally as well. Somebody who will lead us forward and make sure American strength is projected because America deserves better. America deserves better. And obviously, I'm not going to say who I'm supporting or anything, but I will say this. We need a leader from the Republican side who is going to put forth America, make sure Americans are safe, make sure Americans are proud to be Americans, and make sure that our world is a safe place. That's what we need. And this whole thing with Iran, while it's been, it's so great that we get these people home because they truly do deserve to be home. And I, I'm excited for the Americans to come back to the United States and be here. We also have to remember what we're doing and who we're dealing with, who 
we're dealing with. Not just what we're dealing with, but the who's. Who's involved with this? And what will this do? Let's look at it from a 10, 20, 30 year down the line situation. According to ABC News, a recent report from the Department of Homeland Security reveals that illegal drugs are said to be the most significant national security threat. Over the last year, there have been 100,000 deaths from overdoses. These drugs are produced in Mexico and brought into the United States. Now, this is a um, very painful story to hear about is overdose deaths and illegal drugs coming into the United States. It's heartbreaking to see all of these stories and all of the terrible things that we've seen come across our border and kill innocent Americans. And I'm happy that we're now starting to realize, like, look, this is an issue. It's been an issue. But I'm so sad at the number of lives it took for us to get to the point of realizing and really doing something about it. Because one life is too many lost. And this has been 100,000 this year alone. When is enough enough? And I, I think we need to look at this and say, what else is killing? Fentanyl. Fentanyl's up there. I was reading, and fentanyl is one of the top ones. We need to look at where that's being produced. We need to look at what's happening. How is it crossing our border? What can we do? Because as I've said, you're not a nation if you don't have borders. You need strong borders to be considered a nation. You can't just be a plot of land. Then you're just a plot of land. You're not a nation. You need strong borders and strong security. Now, I'm not saying we don't have legal immigration. I think we should have legal immigration. I think if you want to be an American and you can prove, hey, I, I took this test, this, that, I did all of this, I'm here legally, that's wonderful. We should be wanting more people to live out the American dream that we are so fortunate to live out here in the United States. We should want that for people. But we can't allow illegal immigration. We can't, we cannot allow illegal drugs to just come across our borders. Wherever drugs may come from, I don't, I do care, but I don't care as much where they come from as to that they're crossing and they're killing innocent Americans. That's my first priority is that they're killing our people and we need to deal with that head on because let's be honest with ourselves. That's the issue is that they're killing innocent Americans and who that's also a priority, but it's not for me that that is first. And then looking at who is obviously up there as well, because we want to know who we have to deal with. And I think you're looking at presidential campaigns right now that are focusing on this issue and saying, yeah, we need to deal with these cartels. We need to deal with this and that at the border. We need to focus on China even as an issue with fentanyl. That's what we need to do. We need to have, as I said in my last segment, a strong leader who has strong policies and isn't afraid to put a foot down and say enough is enough. We're not here. We're not joking around anymore. We're not here to do that anymore. The days of that are over. Our leadership is strong and we are united and we are going to deal with this because too many lives have been lost. And as president, you're supposed to serve at the will of the people, for the people, by the people. And that is is what we need in leadership. That's what we need in our politicians. That's the American spirit we need, is that we are better together. We are better together. And that I don't care where you land politically, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever you may be, at the end of the day, we're all Americans. And our family, our family, of um, the American family of all of us as a country, one of us is dying from an overdose, another is dying, another, another, another. 
when is enough enough as I said? It's ridiculous, and I am... My heart just breaks for the families who've lost loved ones for to this. It's terrible, and we need to get a hold of it. I've spent my last 25 years in public service of one kind or another. At the end of another term, I'd be in my mid-80s. Frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Now, we face critical challenges, mounting national debt, climate change, and the ambitious authoritarians of Russia and China. So you just heard from Mitt Romney. He is not seeking re-election this coming cycle that he's going to be would be going up for but he is not going to run again and he's calling for a new generation of leadership now i want to talk about this for a bit because it's really interesting is that we've seen what's happened with mitch mcconnell the freeze-ups and stuff and he's gonna continue at his term he said and you're seeing this from mitt romney now i don't care what you think about mitt romney I think you should appreciate that. He knew it was his time to be done and step back. Now, he said he's not done politics, but, like, he's still going to advocate for things, obviously, but he's not going to be in the Senate anymore. And I think that I, I do really appreciate that about him is that he said, hey, we need a new generational leader. We need leaders who will step up for where he's from in Utah and other states and stuff. We need new people who are going to be living through these things. Um, Romney would be in his 80s if he did run for re-election and served out his term. And I, I I really want to express that, is that we do need new generational leaders. We need people who are from the next generations, who are going to be living this, their kids are living through this, their families are going through these things. And I think that's really important to have in leadership. Now, I, I do believe there are strong leaders who are older, and they're so wise, and they have a lot of strategic political thinking and they they've just served our country well but there needs to be a point when they realize hey it's actually time for me to step back and allow somebody else to take over and serve our state and our country now because i've served but there's a time when my service is done and i need to do it for the betterment of the country that's what we should be that's what politicians need to be looking at is this is for the betterment of the country I don't care about your personal gain by staying in. That shouldn't matter to you either. If you're serving the country and doing the service of the country, you work for the people. That's what you need to remember as a politician, but a lot of them don't seem to remember that. But you work for the people, and the people deserve somebody who's going to represent them fully. And I think that a move like this is really great and is something I really do appreciate. As I said, I don't care where you fall on this. on Whether you support him or not, I'm not saying where I fall on that, but I think we should recognize where there's some really strong points being made and look at that as we move forward as a country. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, it's a pleasure to discuss politics with you. There is so much going on in our world, and it may seem like everything's doom and gloom. But I want to tell you this. There, there is optimism. There needs to be light. We can move forward as a nation, as a world. We just need to continue. We need strong leadership. We need strong Americans. We need people who are just willing to put their country 
over their political beliefs and put the people of this country over that. And I think that we can always get that. We just need to be confident in ourselves and be confident in our ideals that this country was founded on because they are such good ideals of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, our individual rights, all of that. That is so good, and we need to remember those things. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great week. And as always, you're listening to Heart on the Hill on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.